Welcome to the Six Figure Roadmap, brought to you by LVRG.it. Leverage it, saving you money on the tools, software, and courses you use to grow your business every single day. Now, here's your host, Cam Martinez. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another week of the Six Figure Roadmap. I am here with Jordan Gill. We have some exciting stuff coming your way. It's actually something that has been on my mind and on my heart lately that I'm super excited to dive into. We're going to be discussing how to you know, properly train your team and build a system so that you're not constantly bringing on new people and having to retrain them, take the time out of your day and at, probably out of your week and month and all the things that come with that to retrain somebody because that is not only losing you time, but also money. So Jordan, welcome to the show. I'm excited to chat about this with you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Cam. And this is one of my favorite topics. So I'm ready to dive deep. Awesome. Well, where do you usually like to get started? I mean, we can go, we can go into so many different directions. Yeah. So I think what's interesting about what I do, which is I help seasonal business owners really nail their onboarding processes for their clients and their teams. So think wedding planners, tax professionals, tutoring companies, hail damage, you name it, anybody who has an on and off season. And what's crucial about those particular people and that in that target is that there is always new team coming in for again the on season or the busy season whether that is you know January to April for tax or you know May to October for wedding planners and then you have a lot of time to really kind of reboot and to get prepared for the next season and a lot of times those folks then want to work on their systems and want to do better and be more efficient for the next time around. Because, you know, for the majority of business owners, I would say it's, it's launch to launch. If you have a launch business or it is, you know, big project or contract between big project and contract. And so the fact that there's a a subset of business owners that have a direct on and off season, it helps me know who to target um, actually for my marketing and when. So I'm not going to target tax folks in March because that would not be smart or wedding planners in June. And so I'm able to make myself available for who needs me when. And so what it looks like at first is understanding how to duplicate yourself, which is a really difficult task when you're trying to pick your own brain. And so I always, always, always suggest that even if it's it's not someone like me, like an operations consultant, that you find somebody to talk out your process with and just arm them with a few questions. Uh, the questions would be, okay, you know, what's next <laughs> is kind of the, the general question that they'll have to say over and over and over and over again. Uh, However, if you are not detailed enough when you're talking about your process, then it's a matter of asking, okay, who's going to do that? When does that need to take place? How long is that going to take you? Where is that stored right now? Those sorts of questions. So again, you know, somebody can can sort of duplicate the, the conversation I have with my clients by just asking a few of those types of questions to get every single grain of tasks that you do, because most of us don't really know all the things that we're doing. We're just running on autopilot, right? So that's kind of the first step is really just getting 
the whole process out there and knowing who's doing it, when it's being done, how long it takes, where it's being stored, and then, you know, what's next and knowing, you know, the actual chronological order that needs to be done. I love it. I love it. So you're, you're talking out everything that needs to be done, who needs to be doing what, when it needs to be done by, who are they serving, et cetera. Mm-hmm. After that's done, is it like being documented where you, where should they store this information? How do they make it easily accessible to their team? What's the process for that? Yeah. So once, and I honestly just tell people to put all this in a Google doc. It does not need to be super fancy at this particular stage. It's just a matter of getting it all out there. And so once it's all out there and on the document, I always like to have folks go through and put an A, not like the scarlet letter A back in the day in that book, but uh, A for automation. And this is for things that you think or would like to figure out a way to automate. And this will, again, allow you to step back and say, okay, you know, I don't need to just pass off all of the manual tasks that I'm doing to have somebody else manually do it if my software can do it for me. And I know that maybe the majority of people listening to this are not systems wizards like me and enjoy reading integration blogs and doing all the nerdy stuff, but it still is possible and it's a good old Google University thing where you can go through and review, okay, how can I automatically send invoices every month instead of manually? Oh, I can do that with QuickBooks if I wanted to. And I already use QuickBooks. That's awesome. So that's what I have people do next is start to review and look at what needs to be done manually and what can be automated. And Again, I'm just a big fan of Google and knowing what to search and how to find what you're looking for. And that's really then the next step before we start storing it anywhere, before we put it in a task management software like Asana or Trello or ClickUp. It really, I want to differentiate between like people and software tasks, um, knowing if an actual human has to do what what I've been doing or if a tool can take it over, right? It's like, people are afraid that robots are going to take over the world and they're not going to be able to take over everything at this current moment in 2020, I suppose. Uh, But I think that they can take a lot of the like minutiae. Like we don't even like doing this stuff. Who likes manually sending invoices? Not me. Uh, So that's kind of my next step before we store it and put it and put it anywhere. Interesting. I was just having a conversation about automation today with, with a guy I just met for the first time today, actually. And nice. he, he was telling me, you know, some of his strengths, he was looking for a new position and, you know, mm. new, just a new career change. And I was asking him, you know, like, what, what do you think you would be able to help a company with? Cause he's looking to get into the online space. And he said, gotcha. well, you know, I've been in the hospitality industry for a while. And I think one of my biggest strengths is helping companies understand, you know, that, that human to human interaction. And mm. uh, my question for you, cause it's super interesting that we were just talking about this and you had brought it up is, you know, with all the automation that, you know, systems wizards like you love because it makes people's <laughs> lives easier. How do companies still maintain that human human aspect? Oh my gosh. I love this question. And the reason for that is because I set up systems so that I can have a more human-to-human interaction. That's why I set them up because I am a huge relationship builder. I love talking with people. I love hosting people at my house. I love hosting people at dinners when I go to events. 
And because my business has systems and because they're able to run on their own, this gives me time to be a human more. Like that's really what all of this is about. And so, you know, is, is the client going to care if I'm the one manually sending the invoices? Are they going to fire me as their operations consultant? Because they're like, well, Jordan's not doing her invoices manually. So this is just too robotic for me said no one ever. Uh, So I think that we have to rethink really why systems are important and why they're so powerful. The reason for it is because it allows you to do the things that you want to do and that you're great at and that give you joy in life, like being able to be more human and go talk with people and experience awesome business conversations or go to events. That is really the power of systems is would you rather, you know, retype every email, even though you're emailing the same thing over and over and over again to every single client, or is it important to, um, I call them 80, 20 templates where 80% of the email is templated and you change a little 20% of it, add a little sprinkle that's targeted for that particular client and move on. Like, I don't think anyone gets upset if you are really being more efficient with your time. I think when it, when it goes the wrong direction is when it's robotic. And when it is like, you know, there's no personality. You can't tell what, what this person or client or consultant is feeling. It just feels like, oh, I feel like a number. That's where it can be difficult. But if you are the type of person like me, I love gifts, GIFS, um, and I love to send them in emails and I use very human language in all of my templates. And I have yet to have anybody say anything about that because they know it's automated, a lot of the things. And so I don't pretend it's not. Uh, and again, it allows me to have more time to be human. And that is always what's important for me. And that's always what's important to the clients that I work with is because they, they just want to like, talk with people and go to events and enjoy life. So it, that's really, that's really what it's about. So kudos to, to the guy you were talking to. That was spot on. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love that answer too. I want to, I want to paint a scenario for you real quick. Yeah. So let's say a company, right. Comes to you and they want to work with you. They are growing exponentially and you know, they have a few different departments inside their company and you know, they're kind of stuck because their, their company's growing super fast, but their internal and external systems are kind of crumbling, right? So they want to yep. make sure that every department in their company is communicating effectively, right? But yep. they also want to make sure that their customers are having a proper experience and getting everything that they need. What, what would you take them through first? Like, how would you help them mm-hmm. ensure that both of those things would happen? Absolutely. I always tell people to start with your client processes and systems first. And the reason for that is, you know, a lot of us are stronger than we think. And I think that a lot of us believe that, you know, we just can't handle it. We just can't do it anymore. And, you know, if you have that mindset, then yeah, you can't do it anymore. And then you go down burnout town. Uh, for companies who are balancing, yeah, the, the stretching, the amazing stretching of your clients growing, your students, whatever, um, whoever it is you serve, as well as, you know, your team is growing. 
I always say, look at the client stuff first, because it is extremely important to have a standardized, amazing client experience. And, you know, I I helped actually a lawyer with her client experience and the first person to come through her trademark process, her onboarding and management that we put together, she immediately got five more uh, referrals from that one client. And it was based off of, I felt so loved and supported through what was going to be a very scary and frustrating experience. And I know so many other people who would appreciate the level of experience that you service at, right? So, you know, we always are balancing kind of the sales and operations always. And it seems like it's hard to, to pay attention to just one. And I always say to, to focus on the client side, because that will help with your referrals, your testimonials, uh, and all of that to help with the sales process and your backend systems are, you know, besides the client, kind of the client related ones, like paying invoices automatically and stuff like that. Uh, I, I believe, you know, automatically scheduling your social media, what is the level of importance to that? If you are, you know, an influencer, super important. If you are somebody who gets their clients from Yelp, maybe not as important, like figuring out what on the client side can you elevate and can you automate to where you are able to have more time to, to process the backend uh, systems that don't necessarily affect the client experience per se. So that's, that's always my number one thing because I think systems are like generally thought of like, Oh, only like the business owner is affected by them. So they aren't super important. And that is so not the case. And I have so many testimonials and conversations I've had with clients and and other folks who have had their systems done to where when they have put in place really intentional touch points with their clients because they're automated or because, you know, they're systematized, their clients send them referrals, their clients shout them out on Instagram, like all of these things. And so I say start with clients and then work on kind of the team and and the stuff that doesn't directly relate to the clients next. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. So the people listening to this show, right? The six figure roadmap, they're either looking to hit their first six figures or add an additional six figures. Mm -hmm. They're probably in a place where, you know, money doesn't hurt, right? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) What would you recommend to them, you know, from your own experience, building your own company and helping others do the same that they focus on the most? Because, you know, it's, there's so many different aspects, operations, systems, sales, marketing, client success. How do you focus on one thing to ensure that, you know, you're paying the bills, you're making your customers happy and you maintain those customers long-term? Absolutely. My, I'm probably not the first person to say this, so this is just a good reminder for all of you, but I truly believe that if you look at what's working and just amplify it, that will be the best thing you've ever done. I would say in every aspect that I have tried, you know, and I'm not saying that don't try new things. Uh, however, if you are, are really focused on the growth aspect and wanting exactly what you're doing to just be better, 
just amplify what you're already doing. So for example, I get a lot of my clients through events and I actually went to about 30 plus events in 2017, kind of like a psychopath. Uh, However, I am great at getting clients through events, not, uh, you know, a little bit from speaking, but honestly, mainly as being an attendee. I am extremely strategic when it comes to my event marketing and I'm able to get referral partners. I'm able to get collaborations. I'm able to get anything that I go in as a goal I get. And that's because there's intention behind it. And so, you know, it, I haven't continued to do 30 plus events every year. I haven't really had to, uh, And I have recognized that if I continue to just go to events, you know, one every month, one every other month, then I will continue to duplicate the efforts that I've started with kind of that big year of events. Same thing with Instagram. I love Instagram. That's my jam. And, you know, the more I try and dabble in YouTube and Pinterest and everywhere else, it, it, slows the growth because you're basically going back to zero uh, when you try and build up a new channel. And instead, I started really focusing on Instagram and that in turn actually really helped with my Instagram ads. And all of my Instagram ads have been under a dollar for the past like four or five months because I've doubled down on Instagram engagement. And that is my target audience for my Facebook ads so or my Instagram ads. So therefore, it automatically then amplifies the work that I've already been doing. And I don't have 10,000 followers. I think I'm like right under like nine but it has to do with what is what have I been doing really well? What has gotten me results? What has gotten me clients? How do I just do more of that? And really focusing on the systems and the processes around what's already working instead of getting caught up in, oh my gosh, messenger bots are the new thing. Or, oh, I should totally get on you know this magazine when you actually are really great with podcast interviews. So looking at what's working, doubling down, amplifying what's working, And stick with that until you can get to the point where you maybe have a team and instead of exerting yourself to learn a new skill or learn a whole new setup, you can then hire somebody as an expert or as a team member to come in and help support you in that transition so you aren't feeling like you're starting from zero every single time you expand to a new platform or a new marketing tactic. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for your wisdom and all the insight you provided today. It's really helpful. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, I think systems is such a scary, I don't even know, green monster under the bed. But I truly believe that systems can not only, you know, help you save time, make you money, yeah, yeah, yeah. However, it gives you so much more freedom. Like when you think of, and most entrepreneurs do, that's why they start their business. When you think of freedom, you can't have freedom without systems. Like it's just not really possible. And I don't mean, you know, necessarily like even like webinar systems or uh, other types of systems. You have a system for how you do laundry. You have a system for how you go to the gym. I have a system for how I do bulletproof coffee every morning. It's the same dang thing. So, and that just gives me the freedom then to not stumble around or waste time and all of that stuff. So I I truly believe that if you are looking for your your first six figures or your next, it it really is the time to be the most efficient you possibly can. And you can do that with systems, obviously. (laughs) 
Amazing. Amazing. All right. I want to ask you a few questions to get to know you a little bit better, allow everyone listening to know you a little bit better. Is that cool? cool? Yep. All right. What do you like to spend your time and money on outside of business? Outside of systems. <laughs> oh, okay. wow. All right. Outside um, of reading integration articles. <laughs> right. Uh, so fun fact, I love to do jigsaw puzzles. And so I spend my time and my money doing jigsaw puzzles, drinking really great wine and watching like ridiculous TV shows. Like right now I'm watching The Circle on Netflix, which is like absolute trash, but it's amazing trash. So I would say, yeah, money is spent on jigsaw puzzles or or traveling, I guess. I do love to travel. (laughs) Trash TV. That's awesome. (laughs) Gotta be real. Uh, Amazing. And then the jigsaw puzzle. I mean that you're a systems expert. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. (laughs) I know. <laughs> so I don't mean to put you in a box, but I mean I know. It's fine. I put myself there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, do you like to read books? I do. I'm a voracious reader for sure. I've got three bookshelves in my house. Amazing. What do you think has been the most impactful book you've read this year? <sighs> well, or I mean, ever. it was only 14 I mean, days in the in, in the year. But um yeah, ever my favorite, favorite book that has hundred percent impacted my business and my life is a book called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. And it's a book about relationships. Like I said, I'm a relationship builder through and through. I love collaborations. I love people. And that book started to really give me this idea with, with my event marketing centered around, okay, if you host dinners, like that is one, people love food. Amen. And secondly, like it, there's something about sitting down at a meal that just connects people faster than a lot of other things. And so I use that um, when I did my event marketing and I am very, very much interested. And in, even if my business quote unquote grows slower because I'm not doing all of the fun, fancy things, I know that a lot of the people I meet, I have their cell phone numbers. And if the internet crashes, I still have people I could call literally or text and my business wouldn't totally break down and and be a hot mess because I haven't put all of my eggs into technology, which I love and adore. And like, it's about relationships. It's about meeting new people. It's about connecting other people. So that book has been amazing with just helping me understand how important relationships really are. Amazing. Such a good book and such a great concept. That, yes. uh, is that one of your secrets at, at events? It like has that booked? booked yes. Just like revolutionize yeah. That? Yeah. Oh, totally. I think, you know, one, people at events are always hungry Two, They never want to find the restaurants to feed their hunger. Uh, and so I always have a plan. I always research the restaurants around the hotel beforehand. And I'll just, you know, either sometimes I'll be a little more intentional and know exactly who I'm inviting to dinner and do so throughout the event that day. Uh, or I will literally just stand in the lobby and be like, Hey, who wants to go to Bugo de Beppo? It's like five minutes down the street. Like I'm going to start walking if you want to come along and people will just follow you. Cause they're like, great. Someone made the decision for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so true. Being a yeah. decision maker in itself is just a, yeah. a superpower. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious about you, like your, your personal, like 
I don't know, you can call them spiritual practices. Like what do you do to maintain your health and your yes. mentality and your spirituality? Like what, what are some non-negotiable habits you have? This is a great question. I, I would say a few things. I do love a good Epsom salt bath uh, to get my magnesium in. And another thing is I like to be really slow in my mornings. I don't take any calls um, before noon because I just, I, I really was thinking, I guess it was about a year and a half ago, just about, okay, what do millionaires do? They don't really have to rush because or millionaires, billionaires, whoever, they don't really have to rush in the sense of there isn't this chase, there isn't this hustle. You know, some people have the hustle mentality always, but there's a lot of people who, you know, they can just make some tea, sip in the morning, take a walk, you know, kind of ease into their day. And that's really something that I have treasured and I'm not a morning person in the sense of I wake up at like 9am proudly. (laughs) Uh, I do like to, I'm a night owl. So I I stay up a little later probably than most, but I treasure my mornings and I love being able to do my bulletproof coffee system and, you know, do some yoga and kind of just not feel rushed. Cause I think, you know, yeah, there's always something I could be doing more of. There's always, just there's a long to-do list, right? However, the more I have just allowed myself to ease in, the better it's been. So it's not like a true practice per se, but protecting my mornings and also uh, my Epsom salt baths, I would say are like the couple of top things that come to mind. Amazing. I love the slow morning concept. I, I abide by the same thing for sure. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have any last words of wisdom for the people listening? Totally. I, you know, you asking the the book question, another book that I highly recommend is the blue ocean strategy. And when, you know, you start to get your systems in place and, you know, things are, are rocking and rolling, I highly recommend that you read the blue ocean strategy book because it, you know, it's, long story short or short, you know, short synopsis is that when you're looking at what everyone else is doing, that's the red ocean. And the reason it's the red ocean is because it's like sharks just like biting at each other. And it's just like, everybody's fighting for the same fish. And when you go over to the blue ocean, it's wide open. There's, there's nobody there. There's not a whole lot of competition and there's not a lot of red blood. And I have loved experimenting with things that other people are not willing to do. And that also has, you know, not everyone would go to 30 plus events and that has exponentially sped up the the success of my business fully. You know, a lot of people don't want to do, uh, you know, host dinners at events. I do those. A lot of people don't want to send video messages through Instagram DMs to fill their mastermind programs. I do that. Like there's, there's ways that are like, yes, everybody's doing this because it works. And there's something about doing things differently that, you know, and and not even differently, it's what other people are not willing to do because A, it's either expensive or B, it's time consuming or C, it's, 
whatever XYZ uh, excuses, but I think there, there really is something to be said for people who are willing to do what other people don't. And I follow Sarah Blakely of Spanx and how she started her billion dollar business. She was willing to go door to door and sell pantyhose. That is admirable. I don't even know if I would do that. I feel like that would just be awkward for me, but I admire that about her. And I admire people who aren't interested in just the status quo. They, they really want to revolutionize and shake up whatever industry it is that, that they're a part of. Being different, differentiating yourself and doing Absolutely. things that other people won't. Such, such valuable advice. Thanks. Yes. Jordan, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you providing so much insight and wisdom. Of course, we here at the Six Figure Roadmap want to repay you for that. So please tell everyone where they can find you, how they can work with you, where to go to join your community and learn more about you. Absolutely. So I, you know, thankfully branding is not my strong suit, but I do have basically my name everywhere. Uh, So you can come to my website, systemsavedme.com. There's some goodies there. And then where I'm most active on social media is Instagram, which again is at systemsavedme. I do a lot of Instagram stories. I have do IGTVs. I've got some good cute infographics on my feed. So you can learn a ton of fun stuff. Uh, And that's whether you want to work with me one-on-one or, you know, I have small bite offers, like some awesome inbox management courses, uh, file management courses, and really creating an operating system for your business. Awesome. Awesome, guys. I will link directly to that in the show notes and on the episode itself. Go ahead, click on that. Go join her program. Go join her community. Just follow her and absorb all the information that you can. Again, Jordan, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Cam. Absolutely. Cheers, everyone. See you next week. You've been listening to the Six Figure Roadmap. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. To learn more about our membership, visit us online at www.lvrg.it.